0: Today is July 5th. We are bantering with Booney Sharpstaps. Hope you had a good fourth. Let's talk some Yanks. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, presented to you by SeatGeek. Code Yanks. Your first time using it, save some coin. My name is Jake Ronald Storielli. BBD is with me right now. James will be with us later with Aaron Boone as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do our banter with Boone episode this week. Uh, tides are pretty high right now. Just took a couple from the birds. It, for me, it was a you know coming off that St. Louis series that I missed everyone. That NASCAR, good times. Um, that I guess I was out there with Joe's McFly. There was no surprise necessarily from what happened in St. Louis. Um, you know, doubleheader split, yeah, seen a lot of those. And then to lose on the final day in kind of a tough offensive way. It was like, yeah, I've I've kind of seen this, unfortunately. And I know If you looked at the script of of how that all played out, I don't think you're like, oh, that that hurts. Yeah, and you you just
1: surprising You
0: knew the Yankees, it was a three and three road trip, which, although obviously not as exciting as winning the four straight series and having a four and two road trip, that they were coming home, coming into the all-star break, and man, they take the first two against the birds, and it's good energy, timely hits, big hits. That uh, yeah, the Yankees really have a chance to go into the break with some good juju, especially Rodon back Friday. So, mm-hmm. uh, with all of that being said, um, how are you doing, babes? We're good, doing well. Yanks yeah.
1: win the first two of this four game set that tomorrow night we get to talk about.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so we will do all of that. Uh, man, the games have been fun. Uh, first two are good wins. You know. Bader can't stop and a a comfy 4th of July win. That's what it's all about in Yankee land. Uh, So yeah, we'll do the recap tomorrow night as usual after the game late Thursday. Sure. Um, And then we're heading to the all-star game. Me and BBDR, James uh, helping take care of Claire and other James and his family. Just so.
1: warning for everybody Sunday it'll be from the Airbnb it
0: could be could come out late. Could be some wonk. could be a wonky weekend. you've been you've been warned an episode will happen. Uh, so let's get into sharp stats. Let's get into bantering with Boonie. Sharp stats I mentioned all this travel. Sharp stats is brought to you by bird dogs. been bird dogging it lately because I've been traveling. Bird dogs they are so comfortable. Not only do they look good, you can wear them to happy hour. You can wear them to a work thing. Depends where you work, I guess. Uh, You can wear them out. Or you can wear them to travel. And for me, that is the utmost compliment. Because I've been wearing them in travel. And when I travel, I like to be comfy. And bird dogs is just that. They're anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. I think that helps on a travel day. Everyone knows that travel funk you can get. Uh, I love bird dogs. They're becoming my go-to. gym. Travel, work, happy hour. Go get yourself some Bird Dogs. BirdDogs.com slash Yanks. Enter promo code Yanks and you'll get a free Yeti-style Tumblr with your order. Sure. It's summer. It's hot. It's getting real out there. You're going to want a pair of shorts and a cold drinks and Bird Dogs is giving you just that. BirdDogs.com slash Yanks. Promo code Yanks. Get your free Yeti-style Tumblr. There is a link in the description. Let's hear it. Katie, Katie Sharp. Queen.
1: I'll tell you right now. She called in to add more information, and it's a fun
2: stat. Hey, guys. Queen of Stats here, and uh, happy 4th of July to everyone. And with that, we're just going to do a little bit of a a celebration this week. We're going to talk about something good, and that something good is Anthony Bolpe's uh, tremendous improvement over the last couple weeks uh, since that infamous chicken parm dinner he had um, on June 12th. So if you look at, uh, in terms of his games, his first 67 games, we'll just give a little bit of an overview here. In his first 67 games, he had a 186 batting average, 260 on base, and a 345 slugging, that's a 605 OPS. In his last 17 games, so since that chicken parm dinner, uh he has a 370 batting average a 443 on base and a 556 slugging good for a 998 OPS It's so almost doubled his OPS over the last 17 games compared to the first 67 that he played um I'm taping this on Monday before the Baltimore series also guys um so I want to highlight those are just to, obviously T- terrific improvements across the board there uh, for him, and I want to highlight a couple things that I think are really important. The first is uh, his plate discipline, the walks and the strikeouts. So in those first 67 games, he had 77 strikeouts and 22 walks. That's nearly th- more than three times as many strikeouts as walks. That's a 30% strikeout rate and just an 8% walk rate. Over his last 17 games, he has 15 strikeouts and seven walks. So about twice as much. So he's reduced that uh, that ratio by quite a considerable amount. That's just a 24% pay rate, which is about league average, and an 11% walk rate, which is above league average. Um, and just kind of digging a little bit deeper into that, he's being more aggressive overall. So he's swinging at more pitches both inside and outside the zone. Now, normally that wouldn't be a, a great thing to swing at, swing at more pitches outside the zone, but he's getting a lot more in-zone contact and less Out of zone contact, which is leading to a better quality of contact overall. And the numbers really bear that out. I wanna, wanna put these out there for you. He's nearly doubled his line drive rate from 18% to 34%. uh, This is per Fangraphs. And reduced his fly ball rate from 39% to 26%. And he has actually zero pop-ups according to Fangraphs in his last 17 games. Now for StatCast, that means that he's increased his hard hit percentage uh, from 43% to 53% and increased his sweet spot percentage. Um, That's the ideal launch angle from 34% to 50%. So a lot better quality of contact across the board there uh, i'm gonna hang up and i'm just gonna call that for i got a couple more things for you all right guys just two more things that i want to talk about anthony Volpe. there's a million things i could talk about he's obviously hitting every single pitch type pitch type better he's hitting across the uh, every single part of the zone he's hitting better um but one thing that i do want to mention is that he's going to all fields a lot more he's not in the in the first 60 67 games he was extremely pull happy 45% of his batted balls uh, went to the pole side, 33% to straightaway, and 21% opposite field. Uh, in his last 17 games, those percentages are 38% pole, 28% center, and 35% opposite field. So just, getting, just spraying the ball across all fields is uh, over his last 17 games, which is a really good sign. And the, the final thing I want to mention is that, uh, yes, he's, he's not going to have a 370 batting average and a, a 440 on base and have a near a thousand OPS the rest of the season. But his expected stats over these last 17 games are still very strong. So he has a 289 expected batting average, a 442 expected slugging, and a 357 expected weighted on base average, Woba. Um, which is extremely good. Um, If you look at it, uh, 318 is the league average WOBA, and the 357 WOBA would actually be the highest uh, for the Yankees except for Aaron Judge. So there's a lot of good stuff to look forward to um, with Volpe over his last 17 games, and hopefully he can, uh, he might cool down a little bit, but hopefully he can be at least a better, uh, above league average uh, hitter uh, for the rest of the season.
0: Thank you. To Katie Sharp, the queen of stats. Volpe Mania is happening. I know uh Biebs, you and Jom talked about it a little bit last time, and Jom had his Jimmy Lytics going mm-hmm. on. And a little butter knife from him, uh, by the way, from the right before Chicky Parm to after Chicky Parm. Uh, but also the the outside pitches and what what he's able to do, it's uh thank you, Katie. It's it's been awesome to watch. And I know even going back to the early chicken parm times, we had been between the judge injury and lack of Yankees offense and including Volpe's part in that we had been broken down a little bit as Yankee fans of what is this season going to be? What is Volpe going to be? Peraza was killing it at triple a, um, It's been insane and my favorite part of those two calls because there's a lot of stats. You know, I love when Woba comes out. Mm. Katie Sharp is a massive Yankees fan. Uh, A game that we play around this office sometimes or sometimes people will visit and they're new to John Boy Media and they'll say, who's the biggest Yankees fan? And it's kind of like, whoa, like, hey, you know, we've got a pretty strong talking Yanks crew right here. You know, Kyle on socials, Joe's McFly, it's hard to argue anyone's a bigger Yankee fan than him. Katie Sharp is a massive Yankees fan. Katie Sharp loves the Yankees. And you could hear in the follow-up call the excitement in her voice over what Anthony Volpe has been doing. Because it has, it has been great and it has been sustainable. It's why when Volpe was saving himself by hitting a home run every, like, seven to ten games, we still weren't excited because it wasn't repeatable. It wasn't the solution. The solution wasn't going to be Anthony Volpe, 200 hitter, 28 home runs this year. That was not going to be the solution for Anthony Volpe. The solution was going to be him playing under more control at the dish and having a better approach and hitting balls the other way and we're seeing it all come together live time. And again, it's a pretty special feeling because going back to the baby bombers, you you know, Gary comes up and he's a world beater. Judge mm. had his cup of tea that was ugly, but then he was a world beater. Uh, even like when Greg Bird came up, he was really good yeah. that we had Volpe, this guy who was touted and he's next in Jersey and shortstop and all of it. And he has real rookie struggles. Um, as a 21 into 22-year-old. And now to see a change that was a change we all kind of thought should happen, but we don't talk to Volpe and you don't want to overstep your boundaries on what he's supposed to look like. The change happens, and then the change happens, and the results... Are looking like what we thought Anthony Volpe is supposed to look like. Balls the other way. He's still turning on balls, too. He's spreading it all over the field. He can do both. That, uh, it's almost, <laughs> for me, it's almost a little bit of, we don't want to talk about it too much because you don't want to jinx it. And it's, you know, end of the day, 17 games is two and a half weeks. He's on a. He,
1: he put together like a 13 stretch of. Really good numbers early in the year. Obviously, he's made a tangible change, and uh, and we can see the approach and the at bat to at bat vibe is so much better. The strikeout rate is so much better. But but he's put together a good stretch of games before. You don't want
0: to jinx things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to a weird I'm gonna take it to a weird Jake spot for a second. And hey, that's that's what I do. I'm not Jack Curry. I'm not BBD, I'm not Jom, I'm not Brian Hoke. I'm not Joe's, I am I am what I am. Or as my sweet Jessica would say, I, I yam who I am. Mm. It feels like Anthony Volpe. Like, we showed up to camp or school, and we saw Anthony Volpe, and we thought they would, like, be our crush. And we saw a couple moments early on where we're like, yeah, like, ooh, okay, this is... Who I thought they were. They got a little bit of speed, a couple nice picks. Ooh, they even more pop than I thought he'd have. Ooh, I'm interested. But let's see where things go. And then we kind of let things go to see where they went. And it wasn't, it wasn't the product we thought it was. And it was kind of confusing and there was still a flash. But the things that you thought were going to be impressive, like controlling the zone. And even the speed, right? Like, the stolen bases went away, and they still haven't come back in droves yet. There haven't been a ton of situations, I'd yeah. say, as, as you were looking at who's at the plate or who's in you front of him on the a base stole, path. What would
1: a stolen base do here? Yeah, there,
0: there hasn't been as many opportunities as you'd think during this hot streak that you'd look up and be like, hey, if he's hitting this much, why isn't he stealing this much? Man, it feels like we're almost waiting five more games until the All-Star break. That if he keeps this up through those five games, that he is our full-blown, like, the crush is back on. Like, it's all in. The physical change happened, and like Katie said, with the WOBA, uh, with where he's hitting the ball, that it feels a level of sustainable. And I think we just need to get to the break, kind of exhale and actually digest all that information, which will be then, you know, three weeks, almost a month of baseball, to say, where are our expectations going to be with Anthony Volpe? Because I I think it then turns into a batting order conversation. We saw him get slid up a little bit. And I'll be honest, me and Joe's McFly, we were together in in Chicago. We didn't love it at first. It was kind of like, hey, man, like, it's working right now. Like, the current recipe is working. We, we saw this with young Glaber originally at the end of the lineup, flipping the lineup. Like, you can be just as... Imp- you can be almost as impactful from the eighth spot in the lineup than the fifth or the sixth. And the pressures, I think a hitter does feel that. Or if a young Anthony Volpe comes in and sees his name higher up on the lineup card, there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. That, in our heads, I think as Yankee fans, you want to see him process that more. And you want to see him just succeed more. Because, you know, his numbers on the year, he's still a below average hitter. The on-base percentage is below three hundred still. The batting average sits at two twenty two, which, hey, from a couple weeks ago, that's fantastic. We were on the interstate, right? Deep on there. You know, the OPS is six eighty seven. so... Like, let's... We got the batting average over. We got it off the interstate. We're in the twos now. That's good. Let's keep chipping away at that. Let's get the on-base percentage into the threes. 295. Like, the way Volpe's been playing, we could be a game away from that, which is awesome and did not feel that way a couple weeks ago. And let's get that OPS into the sevens. And if we have that into the all-star break, I think there will be a day that we reopen the conversation of like, whoa, should he... Should we you know, be talking about him back in the leadoff spot? Should we be lead talking? The leadoff spot's
1: about him? been kind of this revolving door. There the hasn't Knicks been don't a solution. Really, they don't really know what exactly to do with it.
0: I remember Aaron. I remember Aaron Judge batting second with Volpe in front of him, Volpe distracting the pitcher, and Aaron Judge hitting home runs. And I remember thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. If Volpe's distracting the pitcher and Aaron Judge is at the plate, and he's thinking less about Aaron Judge, that's awesome. And like BBD just mentioned, the leadoff spot hasn't been secured yet. So I love the excitement in Katie's voice. Um, I love, obviously, the pre- and post-chicken-parm stats. I know we're working on a chicken-parm shirt. And BBD, I um, I forgot I listened to Talking Baseball while I was at the gym the other day, and I was going to listen to Talking Yanks on the way in, to work today, but I forgot my headphones. Yes, mm. his nephew is with us, so I was headphoneless on the subway. So I didn't get all of your guys' thoughts uh, from the last Volpe update. I know Jimmy was talking about outside pitches and some other things.
1: Yeah, if you uh, and you can find the tweet on Jimmy's account, tweeting a little less often. He's busy, baby. Kid hands are occupied with Literally. babies. Um, but just his outside pitches. You look at the spray charts uh, from before parm after parm and before it was a lot of yanking like, like mo- most of his hits were still like, he's just pulling them through the right side or turning on him. A couple homers happen. And since then it's a lot of spraying the ball to right field, what we were looking for, uh, that I think has only gotten better since that episode uh, only a couple games since, but yeah, he's, he's hitting it where it's pitched more. Um, Pretty, it's pretty cool to see and, and related, but a couple Yankee games now since the adjustment I've attended in person. If we didn't have John Carlos Stanton on this team, we'd be talking a lot about it. This is a very close stance. We've seen Stanton oh, for yeah. a while. It's, it's very close, particularly in person.
0: I, it's wild. I said it because I missed when, I forget what it was, but when the actual Brian Hoke chicken parm Austin Wells happened, I, I forget if I was watching the game at a restaurant or a bar or something, but I, I missed that initial story. So I texted the Talking Yanks chat, and I was like, look how close he is. He's so close. And you guys responded, and we like, yeah, Austin Wells, chicken parm. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then I was watching the replay, and for a little bit, his foot is hovering almost over the plate that, yeah, he is on it, and it makes so much sense that – It makes me and Jimmy and BBD feel more comfortable talking about it because, A, it felt like he was opening up way too early. So he closed up his stance. He got closer to the stance. And he's not just pulling every ball. And it's allowing him to see the ball travel further, which that allows you to go the other way with it. And, yeah, I think, and maybe maybe some Yankee fan people are already fully running and Volpe's fixed and he's back. I think if you're being honest with yourself, like, let's get into the break. And I know it's only five more games, but if he keeps this up for another five more games. Five more games of good numbers? Two versus Baltimore. You know, Rodon making his return. Like, some exciting summer days at the stadium. That'll have his stats a little more close to league average. And it's one of those things where you have to mentally take a step back and remember what the sport of baseball is. But if you had told us at the All-Star break that Anthony Volpe, his stats would be around league average, but he'd have 18 stolen bases and 12 homers, we all would have been like, yes, because he's a rookie. That,
1: that adds up. He's Batting a, average a little lower like, than we think. Like, yeah,
0: like you would have... Obviously, you want the moon. We're Yankees fans, and you would have loved it. Oh, Anthony Volpe starting the All-Star game? Like, wow, well, this kid's special. He's a cheater. If you had asked Yankees fans, honestly, if by the All Star break, Anthony Volpe would be around league average. The defense would be look good at short. by the way, he hasn't had an error since May thirtieth. Yeah, I think I think, I, that's I think we got, obviously
1: errors an imperfect stat, right?
0: But. but okay, so we've you know if if you would tell us that that the defense has been uh, acceptable and that he's been around league average and he's you know he will be on pace for like a twenty homer, thirty stolen base season. The optics of it were not pretty for a while. And Yankee fans are not going to be happy if, say, if he goes into another slump and then he hasn't, you know, for a while, and then he has another two-week hot streak. Like, you don't love that, right? Like, obviously, baseball has ebbs and flows. The next thing, as we watch this hot streak, pitchers are going to adjust to Volpe's new stance. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to be, he's probably not going to be a one-dot OPS guy. It's gonna be where? Where is our average? Where are we floating around? When are we gonna see Volpe having? When we check the stats at the end of each series, you know, when are we gonna see Volpe? Oh, you know, three for twelve. Okay, this series he got hot. It was five for sixteen. Like, let's let's find out what kind of our baseline is because we don't know yet. Um, I hope it's somewhere around this hot streak because it does look sustainable, and that's what Mm. Katie Sharp is telling you with the stats with the the woba and the expected stats they're there too so it's a hot streak the expected matches it a little bit where yeah. where do we where does where do we find water is that a phrase in there a phrase? where does
1: the water find its level yes um
0: that's the actual phrase
1: yeah the uh and the other one i I, you know, I said this with with jim the other day but like sure the even during this hot streak the strikeouts are higher than we'd like but it's before it was at an unsustainable number, he was striking out thirty-five-ish percent of the time in those first sixty-seven, and since then it's down to like twenty-five. You know, that's around the league average. Might be slightly elevated. Don't know where the league's at right now. Um, but that's a much more we can we can work with that. That's a number that we can come down from and land in a great place. A, a lot of rookies strike out a ton their first year and that improves uh, you, you work on that. Like it's uh it looks so much better at bat to at bat. It, it feels so much better, so much more competitive. I mean, we did the early this month. How many times do we talk about how, like you should expect the at bat to start at Oh two. And yeah, and it's it, not been that
0: when a hitter's having a bad time. You, you see that. And he, he was having that and yeah, it, it all makes sense. The strikeouts felt, Way too high, the swing felt too big, and we we've seen two strike swings with two both hands on the bat and things like that. So I I don't know, you you guys heard it in my voice earlier that I was skeptical of of my scouting reports, but I think we all kinda had it. So um excited to see the next step, excited to get to the all-star break and kind of be like, okay, if Volpe kept this up for, you know, twenty-four games, where does that where does that put his second half? And the good news, either way, is he's put us he's put us in a lot better position to dream because we were having Oswaldo Peraza conversations. And part of the reason he's not in the majors is because he strikes out a lot. And that's. A, uh,
1: by the way, uh, his numbers over the last couple of weeks, rude. Rude to do it to him right now, but he's been
0: slumping. Baseball. That's allowed. Baseball but. Susan, as we saw her in her awesome 4th of July vest. Oh, huh. Thank you to KT Sharp, the queen of stats. Let's get into bantering with Booney, Brought to you by Vizio. Vizio, award-winning TVs and sound bars at insane prices. I just hit them up. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get both of those. Um, mm. I'm trying to get both of those hooked up in the apartment. Might as uh, well. Because uh, they have their 4K screens and under 500 bucks and their big baseball company. Uh, MLB TV subscription subscription through Amazon prime account. You can watch baseball all season long on the prime app or watch free plus offers MLB network with Vizio. So you can, I was watching some MLB network the other night. They're trying to do their red zone thing. They had three games on. It was a little, it was a little tough. Sometimes
1: I, the schedule isn't favorable to it. I
0: would have some tweaks to it, but with Vizio, you could be watching it. Get your baseball knowledge up and head over to Vizio.com. Check out how you can elevate your viewing experience. Uh, whatever your budget or size of your home, Vizio has you covered. I was licking my chops. I saw someone with the 70-incher the other day. I just saw the empty box in my building's basement, and I was like, oh, I want that. I want that. And if you want that too, uh, go to Vizio.com. Click the link in the description. Let's banter with Boone.
3: All right, here we go. Welcome, Booney, to the show. Post-July 4th, summer, feels like it's fully started now. Are you ready for the dog days of hot, hot, hot grind?
4: Uh, yeah, it's actually, yeah, you kind of look forward to the hot. You got a little taste of that in St. Louis. It was, uh, it was pretty hot, and then last couple of days here, you know, that kind of thunderstorm always lingering. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good to be here.
0: Yeah, that uh, that St. Louis heat—that's the real stuff. That's the that's the boys of summer heat.
4: Yeah, you get out in St. Louis in summertime, and yeah, it's—we actually caught a break. I think the last day there Uh, was actually about ten degrees cooler. It was still, you know, hot and humid, but not like it can be. Uh, when we were there last year, I just remember it being so so hot. Uh, but but, yeah, it's all good. baseball weather
3: you got ejected there last year as well right is that you just I, want out I, of the heat
4: no um no this this year i should not have been ejected i know i keep saying that but i
3: should <laughs> well this year like you it, it happened so quick that even so yes quick. network or yeah. anyone could have there was no build-up for you know i was home watching it and my family's at the beach and they're like what happened what happened i'm like i don't really know like they, there was really no build up.
4: yeah i mean you butchered a DJ call and you got a little chirping for our bench and there just wasn't much rope at all and I was gone.
0: The, the other thing that was a little ridiculous, uh, and I, I want to know if you feel this, you know, usually after the, you know, if the opposing manager gets ejected, the the stadium normally goes nuts for a little bit. Like, ah, get him out of here. Yeah. I don't know if it was the beautiful people of the Midwest like we were talking about a little bit before we hopped on, but there kind of wasn't a, I think it was because you got tossed really quickly and people were kind of surprised. And I think it was just good people, but the crowd didn't even give like the yeah, get him out of here. It was just like, okay, I guess he's gone.
4: <laughs> I didn't I didn't pay attention to that part. I was okay. I was uh I was upset in the moment with with uh with Dan. So uh you know, and upset I was leaving the game, so I didn't even pay attention to that part of it. Okay.
3: You had a pretty fun game Uh, before we started the show. I let you know that uh, I showed my had my newborn with me and uh, the first game. in since we've been doing this, that I fell asleep before it started, I I actively said, I got to get some sleep. It's a 940 start time. I woke up at 3 a.m. with the crying newborn. Check the score. See 11 nothing. I'm like, awesome. Great. Didn't miss any close drama. And then I see perfect game. And I'm like, oh, Oh, wow, Uh, that stunk. Uh, But. I want to, I want to chat about it with you. I want to find out what we don't know. Like what, what's the, what are some of the anecdotes that are going to be in the DVD that, you know, behind the scenes in between innings, you and the coaches, you and other players. Well,
4: I, you know, I think the biggest one is, you know, I wasn't sure Domingo was going to make the start. Um, I woke up Tuesday morning. When, what was the perfect game Wednesday or th- Tuesday? Uh, it was Wednesday,
0: Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah.
4: Wednesday. So we had the off day there on Monday. I woke up Tuesday morning to text from uh, thinking Domingo might be getting on a plane to, to head back to the DR, you know, cause he had lost a very close uncle to him who, who was like a father to him. So, um, you know, the, 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 the day and a half, <clears throat> excuse me, the day and a half leading up to his outing, you know, was, was emotional and, and um, you know, I, honestly I wasn't sure Tuesday morning if he if we we're gonna have to scramble for for a starter but uh Domingo end up staying and um uh, you know the rest is history obviously and and what a what a way I think to pay tribute to his to his uncle and you know I think um you know there's a way to really honor and draw closer to his family and stuff so um I think that's the biggest thing is, honestly, Tuesday morning, I was like, who's going to start tomorrow if Domingo has to go home? And, uh, yeah, he ended up staying, and, and perfection followed.
3: Jeez. Jeez. Did you uh, – I mean, when do you start feeling it? When do you start taking it serious?
4: Um, <clears throat> when Rizzo makes the play, I think that was in the fourth inning maybe, um, down the line, and he didn't get up like so he stayed down so I knew he was gonna have to throw it to Domingo and you know sometimes Domingo has his challenges on some PFP plays over there and Domingo caught it on on the sidearm throw from Rizzo from his knees like I was like "Ooh, that's a good sign and I do remember making a line on my uh, line of card after the fifth you know end of the inning going realizing he was perfect and and kind of just aware of man, he's really dealing. Um, and so I guess pretty early on, I guess. And then, you know, obviously it continued to build.
0: I guess what, what, what are the others from, from the fifth inning on, give us some of the, you know, we, we get your post game tacos and we like, and we support that obviously, but give us like, who's, like, do we have the non-superstitious guy in the dugout? Do we have, like, is someone saying the, the PG perfect? Like, is anyone saying that? Like, I, I don't know. Has the tone in, in the in the dugout changed at all? Because, you know, going back a couple years, you don't even look at the pitcher in the eye, and I feel like today's players, they've tried to get past that a little bit, and they'll they'll talk to the pitcher and things like that.
4: Yeah, I don't think it was overly superstitious. Now, with that being said, I don't think, perfect game or no hitters was uttered between anyone. I think everyone was just aware of sort of what's going on. Um, I think from my standpoint, probably a little less communication with everyone, like just, (laughs) I don't want to over talk this right now. Um, and you kind of sense that from everyone, but you know, like you said, kind of normal interactions between innings, you know, Blake's over there with, with Domingo and, and the catcher and, um, you know, as Domingo's coming off in between innings, you know, it's my normal Mingo, whatever, say what I need to say. And, you know, but, but definitely not uh, definitely trying to keep my sentences short, even with amongst coaches and uh, um, man, I, I was definitely had some butterflies and some nerves there in the eighth and ninth, but I was actually, considering what was at stake, I was actually pretty calm and and actually felt like, man, he's going to do this.
3: I loved in the, in the, after the game, I loved uh, during the team photo session and the interviews that everyone just hanging out on the infall territory, just chatting and like soaking it in. Can you take us into the clubhouse afterwards? It had to be the same vibe, right?
4: Yeah, it was, I'll, I'll tell you what, that was a really neat thing being out on the field and just no, no script, know anything and and you know for it being oakland and obviously you can make all the jokes about the lack of attendance and all that you know there was a large contingency of yankee fans just gathered and i'm sure some ace fans too that were witnessing history over our dugout that that kind of made it even more of a cool moment you know and then everyone just kind of hanging out there and laughing and talking through it and watching Domingo and watching how he interacted, um, you know, without any script, like just like out there celebrating a teammate and a really cool moment in the middle of a season, um, was really cool. And then when we went in, um, actually got up and and spoke and and gave him the belt. And then Domingo, uh, Domingo was, was a little more long winded than normal, just (laughs) kind of, in a great way. Like he really wanted to get through, like he brought Marlon up to translate and everything. And, um, you know, it was just a really cool, cool moment, especially with all that, you know, Domingo was dealing with in that week, um, with losing a loved one. So it's just a really cool bonding moment for our
3: team. uh,
0: I was looking at a lot of stuff. Go ahead, Jake. Well, I was, I was going to ask, was Higgy as long-winded as he normally is? What, did, did he say some words, too?
4: No, he didn't. He didn't say much of anything you know, <laughs> other than, you know, getting to talk with him, you know, like, yeah, guys, he didn't get up and address the team, though, or anything.
3: Adds up. And just one guitar riff and left.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> with, uh, it was cool to see his teammates so excited for him, all the big hugs and congratulations. It's been a long journey with uh, Domingo, right? There's a lot, of, obviously, some controversial stuff and the, the two suspensions, um this year and then in the past it was interesting i think from the outside world to see how everyone was going to react to that to see how baseball media was going to react to it to see how um fans should react to it because it is a perfect game right like that that no matter who's involved that is a special feat in our sport i do think it's a it's a it's a nice sign to see that whatever arc of redemption he's on, he the clubhouse clearly is rooting for this guy and and his success, um and f- forgiven or forgotten his history in any way. Can you just speak on kind of like the little redemption path that he's traveled in these last four years? It's been a it's been a lot.
4: Yeah, no, no doubt. Um and and that's the good th- the great thing with Domingo is um, you know, there's I I feel like I've seen so much growth and maturity. And like you said, it's been, it's been a long road of ups and downs and, and some, you know, you know, bad moments and, and, um, some struggles. Um, but you know, he's, he's always been, um, a charismatic and a, and a sweet dude, you know, just a, just a really, really good guy at the core and, and, um, and I just feel like he's matured and grown up a lot over the last few years. and um, and I think he he certainly appreciated what he was able to accomplish and and has a reverence for that. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like this winter, I, I noticed more growth out of him um, just when I was starting to get reports of his of his work and preparation in the month of January, being in Tampa, being there every day putting himself in a good spot, knowing he was coming in, you know, sort of competing for stuff. Um, I thought he had a really, really good spring training in camp um, and has come out and pitched really well for us, you know, outside of those two outings that have kind of skewed his, especially his ERA a little bit. um, You know, I think by and large, we would all agree that he's pitched really well here this first half of the season. And I think a lot of that's credit to, to, just his growth as a person and uh you know hopefully he can continue to uh to grow as as a player and as a man
0: yeah sometimes we forget I mean he's he's 30 31 in August and we saw him 2017 he gets called up at 24 and I I don't know I being being where I'm at I feel like every three years I hit a new checkpoint of kind of maturity and growth and yeah I I think that's all all Yankee fans kinda wanted to wanted to hear about Domingo. You uh you got yep. any more perfect game stuff, Jimbo? No, it's good. It was fun. I did see
3: Matt Blake uh checking his hands for uh for a rosin level uh and I appreciate that. So tell tell Blake I say thank you.
4: Good, because I gotta yeah, every now and then I gotta stay on with with our guys to make sure we're not in a bad spot. So glad to hear you saw that.
0: Yep. <laughs> our scouting had it. Um where did it? Let let's do some all star stuff quick. Uh, I, I had two two going on. One, I guess you could give a, a sales pitch a little bit. Uh, a I want to ask Cole his his throw day lines up, and I know they were they were talking about that a little bit. Is that straight? Hey, you're Garrett Cole. You get to decide. Is there a little like powwow, like let's talk about this, and if you want to throw or not? And and then I guess uh, from your side, I know there was a Glaber push for the all star game. I personally was a little shocked that you know from the baseball's best bullpen, there's there's not a representative from the Yankees. So I, I guess uh, if you had to pick a bigger snub, would it be a Glay? Would it be a Clay? Would it be a Kinger? Um, so those yeah. are my two All Star questions.
4: Yeah, I think I think obviously what Clay's been, especially after a couple of tough outings in April, maybe um, you know he's been pretty lights out, and I think you know what's been statistically probably the best pen in major league baseball you'd like to think there's a representative out of that going to going to seattle so hopefully you never know what could still happen so hopefully that's the case but you know i think clay would be obviously a great pick um you know glaber i was just more you know i just feel like labors whereas he's had a good first half here numbers wise you know he's on pace to do some pretty good things i i also i The biggest thing I was kind of getting at is I feel like he's kind of been a little unlucky. I feel like, just offensively speaking, he's had really good, consistent at bats really most of the entire season and hasn't really been rewarded. But it, you know, I feel like he's, he's lining out once a game or, you know, getting in position, hitting, just missing a ball once a game, then, you know, also getting his hits, obviously. But, um, I feel like if he swings the bat the way he has in the first half, his numbers will be significantly better than they even are in the first half. That that was more of my point. I feel like what I was just saying I feel like you dig in there a little bit. He's, he's been a little unlucky.
3: Okay. You got anything on him running the bases? I know. I know you <laughs> talked about it in the post game, and, <laughs> and yeah, you, a little smile creeps on your face now. But that's pretty wild, huh? What's what's in your head when he's running between third and home?
4: Um, I think he's got a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I, I, I was watching him when I saw the way he was running and just, I could just, I just know flavor and how he moves the way he is run, Like he's going. <laughs> so I was not at all surprised when he just kept going and you know, it's, it's, I, I always say with flavor, You know, there's, he does, he'll make some mistakes out there. There's no question. And we were, we're constantly trying to educate and rein him in on certain things, but as wild a play that was, it was really, really instinctive and gutsy um, because of, he knows he's on the run. He knows he's past the bag and he knows just from experience, you know, instinctively, like how that ball, how that, it's going to come in from the outfield. So they know he knows there's no play at third base. So he knows that throw is going to go to second base and probably not overly aggressive with that throw. And then you might even catch the middle infielder off guard because he can't, he's probably definitely not thinking he's going. So add all those things up and a lot of things got to sync up. Perfect. So, uh, turned out to be the go ahead run. And you know, if he would have been out, obviously we would have been having another conversation, but it's why you play the game. And and that's why with Glaber, when things happen sometimes, I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, there's an ease that he plays the game with that serves him well on so many plays that he makes. Like that play he can make up the middle with this good arm and the way he tracks a, a pop-up, you know, sometimes it, inside I'm going... You know, like because yeah. I would be way more, you know, but that also is allows him to play the game the way he does and at the level he does. So you've got to constantly try and work within that and try and strike that balance.
3: It does seem that if, if, if he does not get when he's playing that way, if, if there is a botch player who was thrown out, then he carries the weight of the mistake as heavy as he is free beforehand. No, no
4: question. Because his his mistakes, or let's say he makes an error, it looks like because he's so much at ease doing it, which serves him well on a lot of really tough plays, it it looks like oh, he's just being, you know, lackadaisical or whatever, and he's not. It's just how he plays the game that allows him to play it at a really high level, but when a mistake happens, it doesn't look as good as the guy sticking his nose in there and Taking it off his chest and, ah, you know, like, and that's why, you know, so yes, you're always trying to work with it, but understand that those are the things that allow him to be really good.
0: He, he had, he had, uh, he had, he had had, had better answers than I thought he would post game. I I thought he was just gonna kind of smile his way through it, but he was like, you know, he was like the outfield was playing deep for G. He's like, that was one of the angles, and it, it, it trickles so through the infield. So I, uh, you know, I was, so happy
4: to, I was so happy to hear him say about the playing deep because that's one of the things we've also talked a lot with our players is like, especially with how teams move and shift, you know, within and at bat, you know, no strikes versus two strikes, like making sure our base runners are, are, you know, more aware of where guys are on the field so we can make really sound, you know uh you know aggressive decisions because of we know where, where everyone is
3: should have one of those uh golf things at the tee when you see how far the hole is you know you put it up <laughs> and you're looking you just spend one day on on second base just finding yeah. markers oh uh, he's he's 200 yards out we yeah yes i have uh um a stat that I, I researched yesterday. That's a positive one. I want to see who, who who you would like to give credit to for this one. Uh, yeah. I was noticing the at-bats against Gibby last night. And I was like, these are, these are good. A good approach. Good at-bats. We faced them already once. And then I thought, wait, there's been a couple pitchers. The Yankees have faced twice. And the second time they've fared way better. So I actually have stats. There's 12 pitchers that you guys have starting pitchers uh, that you guys have played uh, twice. And, Starting pitchers have been a bugaboo for this team. Uh, They're not great against starting pitchers, awesome against relievers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, of those 12 pitchers in their first starts, they have a combined 177 ERA, which is really good. In mm-hmm. their second starts, they have a 385. So there is or there are adjustments being made to approach all that. I'm telling myself this fares well for the second half of the season and the rest of the divisional games. Is this coincidence? Is that or who would you like to give credit? Scouting team, players, coaches, for uh, the approaches. Well,
4: well, it starts with the players, um, and but you know everyone all, always plays a role, and everyone has a has a piece in that, and making sure guys are ready. But it's a player's game, and I think, look, I think hitters will tell you, going way back in time, the more I can see a pitcher, you know, the better I'm going to feel. It's it's the old you know third thing through the lineup. it's it's not so much the pitcher it's that hitters gotten to see him now several times and so there that's usually helps out the hitter more so than the pitcher so I think there's probably a little bit of natural you know that's sort of natural but I do think um you know a handful of our players especially you know Giancarlo always comes to mind for me as somebody that the more he sees a pitcher um he really, really makes really good adjustments, and it really serves him well. He's kind of the poster child in my mind for that. So, it, look, it doesn't mean a pitcher can't the next week shut you down after.
3: But No, there's been a couple would, of those as well, but on the whole. I would whole, just say,
4: cool. generally speaking, as a hitter, uh, you know, the more familiar I can be with a pitcher, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of advantage swings to me.
0: I like that. Yeah, yeah, I know you commented on it, but that, that G-swing on the, uh, the Cano at bat, that was like, ooh, okay,
1: yeah.
4: That was exciting. That was an exciting at bat because Cano obviously, you know, the season he's having, and especially as is, is tough as he is on right-handed hitters with that sinker and that change, I mean – to get himself in first of all in that position within that at bat so the no chase getting himself in a good position and then putting that swing on it which you know obviously the bader home runs the big one in the game but that giancarlo at bat right there really kind of set us up really really good
3: hey the yanks love Yenny airs that's how you say it? cano i mean You've seen him in three games now. You've hit him all three times. When they brought him out, I was excited. I don't know why. He's very impressive when you look at his stuff. But yeah. three games now, the Yanks have knocked him out of the game. He's not getting claps. He, you know, he's walking off thinking, "Damn, didn't do my job," and the Yankees got to him. So, yeah. let's see him again.
4: Well, we'll try. Yeah. Actually, we want to keep him out of the yeah. game. Yeah, no.
0: Let's Probably. bait him into it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm good without seeing him. Uh, Jake, you have a trivia about your jersey. I do have a trivia about my jersey. Um, well, I want to get... I, last teaser question before we play what jersey is this. Um, are are the boys a little... Uh, are the dogs hungry a little bit? Because you take these first two against Baltimore. You're heading uh-huh. into the break. The rotation and the pen are lined up. Are Like, is there kind of a... You're seeing that midway point finish line? Like, we we might be able to go in like real hot, maybe catch the birds. Like, uh, I don't know. Is is that going around? I don't know. I
4: mean, I, I would say about this group all year that I've been really pleased with that part of it. The the things you can control as far as just preparing and ready to go and and, you know, competing really well every night. So whatever we've gone through this year, ups, downs, struggles, you know, injuries, whatever, I've been really pleased with how they've competed night in and night out. And, uh, you know, obviously we've swung the bats here these first two games of this series to, and, and hit the ball out of the ballpark and getting more and more people involved. And, you know, I feel like gaining a little bit of traction at the plate where we went through a few week period there where, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle for us. Um, you know, we're, we're moving that needle and, um, but I don't know if it's more hungry smelling the break or whatever like that. Like we're grinding every day and um, we we feel like we have a chance to be a really good team and we're going to get some really important people back here over the next few weeks. We hope. And um, you know, we'll see, it's all right in front of us and that's exciting. We we've at least given ourselves a chance here in the second half to, to put together something special. And now it's on all of us to try and go make it happen.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Do you want you maybe you get three hints instead of twenty questions? You get three questions to guess what jersey this is. Okay. Do you have Do you have any questions on it?
4: Oh, what's the uh, patch on the sleeve?
0: Oh, that's I mean that's a big question. It's a It's a World Series patch. I don't know oh. if I could. I don't know if I can tell you the year.
4: Okay. Oh. Um, I, I have my guess. I have three questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to be yes or no, but I mean I liked the aggressiveness of it. Yeah, I like oh, that. Oh,
4: okay, yes or no. All right.
0: It's a World Series year.
4: Um is the World Series team from the
0: 90s? No, it is not. That's two questions, huh?
3: Lines up right. with my hunch.
0: You're You're in a good lane.
4: I got one question, right?
0: I, got I you got question. two. You got two. Can I do? Yeah, right. the World Series patch plays. So I'll let that go.
4: Was I a teammate of this guy with the Yankees?
0: You were not a teammate of this guy in the Yankees. Would this guy have liked you, Jake? That's an interesting question. Oh. I think there's a chance. I think so Yogi. It is not Yogi.
2: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Who,
0: else, who else do you think is going to like you? Man,
4: that, <laughs> I should have gone back to the patch. Um, was that a was that a hint? Do you know who it is?
0: There's a lot no, of I hints have no, right I, now.
4: I have oh. no idea who it is. Um, I was not a teammate. Um, Scott Brocious. It's
0: a really good guess. I used to bear handballs in Little League because I love Scott Brocious so much. I... Had a couple drinks with dinner the other night, and the broadcast was talking about him. I got a Whitey Ford jersey. Because you know what? You look at all... He would the, not have liked you. You look at... <laughs> what? The chairman of the board, dude? He kind of liked everyone. That's why I said he would be open to me. But, dude, you bring oh. up any Yankees hitting leaderboard, and you could go through everybody, right? Like, gee, like wait, Boggs pops up on stuff. Every Yankees pitching leaderboard, it's Whitey Ford. And everyone raves about him as a person, too. So I'm bringing it back. He would have defended you to the clubhouse, but he
3: wouldn't have gone out one-on-one with you
4: chairman of the board all right well done
3: hey thanks coach
4: <laughs> yeah Yep. <laughs> all right have you guys been doing the immaculate grid sure have oh, yeah
3: it pisses me off because i think you should get a couple wrong guesses no because then you can't finish it and then big, i don't like things that are un- unsatisfied
4: Big in our clubhouse. right They
1: adjusted <laughs> it a little bit. You still can fire off nine guesses. If you get one wrong, you won't be able to finish it. Finish it, but you can at least use. I ripped nine off nine a sixteen now. this morning.
3: What you get?
0: What 16%? sixteen percent?
1: Sixteen score. So that's score.
0: That, so. That well, I was be the best. Rec- I was going to ask. So you're going for as deep of a cut as you can get?
4: Yeah, but in in time, like you Let's. You got to rip it off in ten minutes.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're. You're keeping it within a time range, but you're trying to go, you're trying to get well, that low score.
4: I want to do it as quick as possible. Okay. But now that I've done five of them or six of them now or whatever. Now the rarity thing's become a thing. So I got to get into that.
0: I think, uh, I you think, see, I think you one of your, I think one, of your, I think one of your family members came into play. Oh, half your family's on the grid. You're out. That's too easy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I, threw a Brett Boone out there.
3: Today.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right. It was a 2%. I,
3: I did a Tim Melville, know. got
4: 0.01%. Wow. Whoa. Good. I did a Felix Jose the other day for a point. <laughs> I think it was a 0.01. Whoa. Not <laughs> Felix bad. Jose. Wow. All
3: right. Thanks, man. We'll get you in the office and then you can compete against all of us in lifetime.
4: There we go. I like all that. Right. I like that. Okay, we'll
0: figure a goes. winning streak in an off day. That was bantering with Boone brought to you by Vizio. Uh, he was in a good mood. 4th of July. Uh, one of his kids' birthdays. He mentioned that the Yankees are winning. Um, John boy started off with baby Claire in his arms. So yeah, a lot of moving parts to that bantering with hmm. Boone. Um, I think we got to wrap it up. We're, we're kind of going crazy over here. Crazy. Get back into it after the fourth and I was away for a weekend and Jimmy's still away. Um, something that just ha- should have been mentioned at some point this episode and we'll get mentioned on the recap Thursday. Harrison Bader. He's pretty cool. Judge with the tip, the pitch tip and Bader just yelling electric things in the dugout. <laughs> um, So I don't know that, uh. That deserved a little he, more. He should have come up today. Should've came up just a little more, and it didn't. And that's okay, because we'll be talking about it tomorrow night. Uh yeah, I don't know. Tell them, Grandma. We might we might have a special guest working on a couple things. Uh we'll see. So, hey, let's sweep the Orioles. Let's go, Yanks! Tell them, Grandma. Go, Yankees.